Yawn, shoving a punch. Yawn, cheddar in a pickle. Yawn, we don't ride. Yeah, this goes. Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. Hey, guys. Hey, Scott Lucas. We're back. Yeah. I haven't seen you cats since uh, Chicago. Has it been a couple days? What is it? It's been a couple days. It feels like years. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. It does. Isn't it great? Like, one of the great things, one of the great things, the only great thing about COVID, it, it, it has completely destroyed my sense of time. Like, you know, I was getting to that age where I was like, all right, everybody get, goes, life is going to start going faster and faster. And before you know it, you're dead. But now I'm getting to the situation where I go, that thing that just happened, the Metro, it was like four days ago. It feels like two years ago. So I feel like time is stretching out in a way that as someone who's getting closer to death, it's very comforting. Gabe, your thoughts. Everybody's getting closer to death. Well, duh. But <laughs> but what I love about this is it. The finish line feels further away than it used to feel. And I blame COVID or I thank COVID. Now, you know, I'm sure there's people and their kids and they're, you know, we all found out the the toll that COVID is having on kids. But I'm talking about me, the 50-year-old man. The 50-year-old man is just saying it's not all bad, COVID. You're saying time is standing still. No, Rush says time stands still. What does Steve Miller say about this? Take the money and Steve run. Steve Miller says, yeah, he says, take the money and run. And uh, Is that what uh, you did on Friday night, Gabe? Oh, my God, <laughs> Steve Miller. Did I tell you when I saw Steve Miller over the summer? And it was one of the worst shows I've ever seen. <laughs> no. <laughs> what made it so bad? It was terrible. You're sitting there, you're like, going, oh, my God, Steve Miller. It's going to be great. It's going to be hit after hit after hit. This douchebag gets up there and he plays lame blues cover after lame Ugh. blues cover. And you're like, come on, man, give me something. Finally, he plays Abracadabra and he whips it out like, you're welcome. And I'm like, it's too late. Plus, Abracadabra sucks. <laughs> and and time has slipped away. It slipped, slipped, slipped into the past. I'm gone, buddy. Gabe, your thoughts. I was thinking the same thing when I saw Rod Stewart. And the first song he did was Addicted to Love by Robert Palmer. And I'm thinking, did he write this song? He did Addicted to Love? Yes, he had the singers, the girls with the guitars and the slick back hair. And I was like, Wait, what the heck did Rod I just Stewart, watch? Are you sure you weren't at a Robert Palmer show? Because he no, is dead. This, 
Robert Palmer's dead? Yeah. But Rod Stewart's not. Rod Stewart's not. Yeah, it was but apparently Rod, Rod Stewart's respect for his his gift is dead. You're telling me that Rod Stewart, possibly the greatest rock singer of all time, and I mean this sincerely, Rod Stewart has one of the greatest voices of all time. Just brilliant, beautiful, a gift, a God-given gift. This guy threw that God-given gift away on a song that plays in Cocktail. That was the first song he came out with that Fuck. night when I, I was him in Jacksonville seeing Cheap Trick open for Rod Stewart, and they came out. The girls were dressed up. They had the guitars. I don't know if they're playing. You know, you know, uh, Rod Stewart draws dicks all over everything <laughs> you find. You know that, right? Gabe, let looking. me take you back to that happy time. <laughs> <laughs> So, do you remember the bagpipes? The bad parts? This is the bad part. The bad parts and the bagpipes. Slow. Holy Jesus, can I skip Slow ahead a little, little bit. bit here? Yeah. What the fuck? Shut up already with that shit. There they go. Yeah, this is it. Why? Did anybody in that fucking audience think that Rod Stewart sings this song? They probably did. That's that's what pisses me off. You were surrounded by fucknuts who were like, oh yeah, I love this Rod Stewart song. All right, but hold on. You want me to hold on? Yeah, well, I would like to hear the greatest voice <laughs> oh, okay. on the planet you, thought... sing this song. God, you're they... telling yourself to hold on. Gotcha. No, I'm gotcha. telling you... Let it play for a second. I mean, I, okay. you, yeah. you let me hear the fucking drum beat. <laughs> the can I hear, can I hear the one the point bass. in the song that might actually have some talent? Please, sure. let's go. singer of his generation but walk out you know all right all right let's let's all right guys these guys were all friends maybe it was a tribute right out of the gate to his buddy robert palmer who in his own right a great fucking singer and gabe i know what a huge fan you are of uh, bad kiss i love you right uh, those are the only two songs I know by Robert Palmer. Is there more? Yeah, but yes. you love Bad There's Case. Plenty more. I know, know you, I know you love that. Oh, what's uh, what, what's that great Robert Palmer song? Searching for Clues. Johnny right, and Mary. Ben? Searching for Clues. Johnny Mary. Johnny's always running around. Yes. So around. many great songs. So many great songs. Besides this song, so many great songs. So maybe he was just, you know, a tribute to his friend. So. Good on you, but Rod. Gabe, can I ask you a question? Because you were at a, an actual one of these things. Yeah. Those, all those ladies who were sort of imitating the Addicted to Love video, are they, are they perhaps Rod Stewart's actual band? Did they play with him all night long? 
I did not. I mean, first of all, show they were not. <laughs> those ladies weren't Robert Palmer's actual band. Band. I know. I I understand. Okay. But they uh, might have been part of they might have been part of Rod Stewart's band because they were so at, after the song did Rod Stewart say that was for my good buddy Robert Palmer and then he launched into Stay with Me I mean what happened No they played some song from Faces because they had saw the pictures behind them some song from Faces Oh my God you're making me angry <laughs> <laughs> I, oh. I, I don't know the, I don't know what song they played it was it was something uh, but I actually didn't stay long after that. I left. All right. Why well, is that? Uh, on the scale of one to the greatest, where do you rank Rod Stewart's voice? N- not the greatest. He's really? not up there. He, no, he's not. He's not the greatest. Now, all right. What do you think the greatest is? Do you think that the greatest voice means the person who can like sing the most octaves, or do you think the greatest voice is somebody who, as soon as they open their mouth, you're like, that's that fucking person. He got he got one upped by Robin Zander for sure. In oh my well, opinion. Robin Zander can kill it. I'm saying when Rod Stewart opens his mouth, it's unmistakable, right? Is there another singer you can think of? As soon as they open their mouth, you're like, that's either Rod Stewart or it's Kim Carnes. <laughs> hmm. Uh. That's all I'm saying is uh, I, I think and uh, our, our good friend Rick Ness, uh, it was I don't think it was him who came up with this, but he said, I think somebody else said this, that there's never been a, a greater waste of a gift than Ron Stewart. Because that guy, honestly, the best voice of all of those guys, just an incredible instrument. And what does he do? He starts with addicted to love. I, I mean, I, but Jesus Christ, you don't do that with a voice like that. I don't know. I wish I had more good things to say or anything good to say about that show. But after that, I didn't stay much longer. Well, I, I, I have nothing but great things to say about Rod Stewart. I think he's a goddamn treasure in that voice. My opinion, the best voice in rock of all time. All right. Better than John Lennon. Yes. 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 Ron Stewart, you, any fucking John Lennon song you can find, you, you get Rod Stewart to sing it? Holy shit. Holy shit. All right. Ben, do you agree? Are you on the same page here? Am I the only one in this camp? I, I, no, I mean, I think that absolutely Rod Stewart's got, it's got to be in the top five all-time great rock and roll voices, along with Robin I'll Zander, take it. and I I'll can rattle it. off okay. probably three other people. We got people. Robin Zander. He's got to be in there. And Robin Zander, Robin Zander's thing is just his pure Herculean strength. Just, was. you're like, oh my God. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But go on, Ben. Well, no, I, I, because I do think there are two related questions here. Mm. Best voice let's just say it in rock and roll best voice in rock and roll and most iconic like distinctive like you know them right away and rod stewart what is it a venn diagram rod stewart's in the middle of that venn diagram because he's got one of the best voices and one of the most recognizable voices right okay but but i think there's plenty of people that who do you think the best voice is without being recognizable because to me that's the most useless voice you see what i mean well it's rock music 
Who gives a fuck? Like, we're not talking about, like, somebody who's singing Ave Maria. We're talking about somebody who's singing rock music. So if you can't uh, pick it out right away, what's the point? It's useless. Well, I think, and I don't, I don't think you're a big fan of this dude, but I think Peter Gabriel's got a great voice and a very distinctive uh, voice. <laughs> but I also think there's probably two or three other dudes that sound pretty close to Peter Gabriel. And so, like, that, I don't, the guy from, there's some fucking band, there's some British band where this guy sounds. Okay. Well, I guess Gabriel's British too. So, but there's some other, I've heard, I've, in recent years, I've heard other people and said, oh, wait, is that Peter Gabriel? I keep on wanting to say Elbow. Maybe there's a band called Elbow? Where the uh, guy TV a, on the radio, I think, have, have a Peter Gabriel thing going on. Okay. Yep. Right. But like I was thinking, of course, Robin Zander, of course, I would say Paul Westerberg. But I mean, Joey Ramone. What about Joey Ramone's got a great voice and a is he a distinctive voice? Well, distinctive. Fuck yeah, we're definitely talking about distinctive as opposed to like you know able to hit all the notes. I'm not talking about anybody hitting. I mean, yes, Robin Zander falls into the category where he's got this amazing range and can still hit those high notes at whatever, however old he is. But it's not with Robin. It's not just about hitting the notes. It's about the force with power yeah. like he's a hurricane okay and he can sing this shit out of anything all right here's here's one a distinctive sound once you hear him you know who he is and this somebody, i've been listening i've been listening to this guy for a couple of weeks now just bruce dickinson no 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 and it's not cinderella <laughs> uh, please thank god it's not cinderella johnny cash wow do you know what cave you really went out on a limb there <laughs> I don't care what you guys say. I think Johnny Cash has a very distinctive voice. No. Wow. Whoa. You're just asking me. What are you going to say next? That the Beatles are great? (laughs) I'm just saying. I like pizza. Powerful voice. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) Thanks for for being part of the conversation. Is he? All right, everybody. We're. How did we uh, get into this, by the way? Where uh, are we? Steve Miller. Oh, yeah. Steve Steve Miller. Miller. Well, here's my question about Steve Miller, right? He, the album that everyone listened to as a kid and continues to is the Steve Miller's Greatest Hits. Has anyone ever actually listened to any of the albums that those greatest hits came from? No, neither has he. And that, that's what I'm talking about. I was at the concert and it was so horrible. And, and the whole point of the concert was like, man, it's just going to be wall-to-wall hits. It's going to be incredible. And it wasn't. It was one lame blues cover after another. Do you think it's because he doesn't he doesn't think he can sing those songs anymore? Like his voice can't do. No, 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 no. I think he thinks he's a blues man, which is the most embarrassing thing on the planet. It's it's terrible. It's and here's the thing: Rod Stewart can actually sing the blues, but what does he do? He'll sing just saccharine, shitty. Van Morrison covers or just like it's just like what are you doing man you have the greatest instrument that any of these guys have and what do you do with it you throw it away on crap it's like what are you doing some guys have all the luck yeah you (laughs) you have all the luck do something with it for God's sake that's all I'm saying anyway speaking of uh, really terrible voices uh, yeah, I, I think I blew my voice out last night. Uh, oh no! Yeah, you know, we were at a club. I don't, I don't want to say where we were, but uh, you remember DB Limits, right, Gabe? 
Yes, decibels. Yes. Okay. So, so like we have a dB limit of about a hundred dBs. Now, Ryan hits the snare once, and it's going above a hundred dBs. It's just not going to happen. We're a loud band, and you know, and even without plugging into the amplifiers, Ryan's going to kill above a hundred dB because that's what we want. We need that feeling of like the air traveling and you getting hit. And we're starting to get to these clubs and we're seeing that like people aren't even showing up with amps. Like we walk into a club the other night and they're like, oh wait, hold on, what are these? And I go, oh, they're amplifiers and they're plugged into cabinets and we're a rock band and we're gonna make a lot of noise tonight. It's like, well, you know, this is a small room, you should do it. And I'm like, all right, just stop. So last night we get into this place and they're like talking about these DB limits and then they bring out these huge monitors. I'm like, this is gonna be great. And I go, can I get the vocal out? And it's like, oh, it's done. I can't get any louder. So I end up getting no vocal and I blow my voice out. Now I cannot get over the suspicion that it was punishment for us being loud. And you, you know what I mean? It's like, sorry, sure. you, you want to be that loud? You're going to have to deal with the consequences, which is bullshit because I have this uh, vocal processor and I kept turning it up. And when I would turn it up, it was coming through just fine. And then he would get wind of it and turn it down. And I was like, okay, this is bullshit. So he clearly <laughs> had the power to give me what I needed. He just didn't want to because it was like, why are you being so loud? So we're getting into this new situation. And this is another great reason for me to quit. Because like we're getting this situation where people are like, oh, you loud bands. You're like... Like, like we're like performing microaggressions or something. I don't know what's going on, but it's like, you know, we're a loud band. That's what we do that you booked us. And then we get there and all they do is bitch that we're a loud band. So, so did you turn down or you just played it? No, 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 no. I will not negotiate with terrorists. (laughs) Well, you should have just stopped the show and said, we're not playing until you turn that monitor back up. motherfucker. What are you going to do? You're going to punish the crowd? You can't do that. It's terrible. No, but you can't you, do you that. Have like a, I, I won't do that a, either. If you can't work it out during the sound check, I'm not going to stand up there and turn it into this thing and let. It's like the crowd watching mom and dad fight. You, you can't do that. They <laughs> should be spared. All right. And, uh, you know, either I'll argue with the people before or after the show or on my own podcast. Gabe, your thoughts. It was nice to see you last. It was nice to see both of you last weekend at the Metro in Chicago. Yeah, and it was nice of you to come to the merch booth and see the people. It wasn't nice of me. <laughs> it was nice. <laughs> I know you do it every night, but not in Chicago you don't. And I said, Scott, you're coming down. People well, I, it wasn't peace. nice of me. You made me do it, Gabe. So there's, it's not me. It's you cracking the whip. A lot of people don't realize the power that Gabe Rodriguez has over me or the band or <laughs> everything I do. I have no Ben power. knows because he sees behind the scenes. But uh, but yeah, no power, bullshit. No, you think I would have no, been no, down get, there if you hadn't told me I what get, to do? I get emails once a week, twice a week, three times a week. Hey, uh, my birthday's coming up. Can can we get can we get Ryan and Scott to come out here and play? Uh, my my wedding's in two years. What are they doing in August of 2024? I'm like, uh, forward to Eddie. Here you go, Eddie. 
check field these. <laughs> and you don't mean uh, Eddie Applemalm, you mean Eddie from uh, Applemalm. What? What? Apple How are you doing tonight, Ben? <laughs> and you don't think that's uh, uh, you don't think that's an example of your power? People go to you, Gabe. They don't go to me. They go. All right. What is local H doing? Well, ask Gabe. <laughs> no, they're intimidated. They're like, uh, I can't go to the source. The horse's mouth? Hell no. I'll go to the dude. Did you say the horse's ass? Is that what you just called me? <laughs> Scott, what's it like selling merch alongside Gabe versus selling merch by yourself the rest of the tour? Well, I love it with, with Gabe because, uh, you know, it's nice to have a foil out there. And uh, Gabe is like tinfoil like you know like it, it makes your like you bite down on it and it's like you're doing bad acid yeah so it's it's a lot of fun no it was it was yes. I gave I gave you a relief for a night and said you're gonna come down here and that's not relief man like that <laughs> that wasn't that was, relief that was a rough night that's the most merch I've ever sold in my life well good it was good and and uh and the the booze hounds in the local H army yes, will be very came, satisfied they came to know. With their, their pockets were full coming to that show. I heard the bar did better than it did for Smashing Pumpkins and the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. Who else? Combined. Combined? Combined. How's that possible? Combined. I don't know. The bar sold more than Smashing Pumpkins and the Yeah Yeah Yeahs combined. They went through 14 kegs of beer because of the booze hounds that came to see us. And I tell you, I love you booze hounds. That was, that was really nice. I walked past the bar in, uh, in, during the opening set, um, and Kelly Way was behind the bar. And as I'm walking past her, this woman who was standing at the bar passes out right in front of me, just drops right. to the ground, bangs her head on the bar. Her Perfect. boyfriend is standing next to her. But he's just got a fresh beer in his hand, so he's sort of like, do I part with my beer and pick up my girlfriend from the floor? Or do and Smart so I'm, man. I'm waving uh, Kelly down. I'm a Kelly woman passed out right here, and Kelly immediately gets on whatever walkie-talkie. And they, the the whatever, EMT security team, whoever they are at the Metro, they are, they are fast. There was like yeah. 10 seconds, and these guys were there They're helping her. Around. Yeah. Right. And she gets up a couple times and then keeps dropping back down to the floor. And they're like, okay, we got to get her out of here. And boyfriend, you got to come with us. This dude on his way to the ambulance with his, with his girlfriend looks at Kelly, puts his beer on the thing. and says, I'll be back for that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he got some booze. Hounds at the local oh, man. <laughs> uh. And Gabe, never mind merch. You were on that stage, and you—I mean, you were lead vocals for a song. Oh my god, it's fucking right. incredible! So, Gabe gets up there and does Static Age, and Gabe's like, "I'm getting up there during Static Age." I'm like, "Well, yeah, of course you are." And he gets up there, and like, basically, there was a crowd of like 20 people. Uh, Billy Corgan was there, and Liz Fair was there. And the guys from uh, Urge Overkill were there. Uh, a couple of the guys from Misfits were there. They all wanted to sing Static Age. And Gabe got up there and he just pushed past him. He was like, get the fuck out of my way. And Liz Fair was like, whoa. And he pushed her down. And then he went out and he was like, I'm singing Static Age. And you, you 
proved yourself. You were great, Gabe. It's fun. It's always fun to sing that song. And when we got the gang vocals going with Herb and you and yeah. Mike. A lot of gang and, vocals. And uh, and then you break it down, and I'm like, oh, hold on, hold on here. I got to sing these verses. I, I got to hit these notes. I feel like yeah. I got Jack Douglas on my back saying, do it one more time. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> no, but it was good. fun. Had, it's always fun. Yeah, we had uh, Dave there singing and Ryan, and then we had uh, our friend Nigel Holt come out and sing with us on Back in the Day. And we had uh, our buddy Norm come out and play acoustic with us on, on Rubber Plant Big Log. Uh, it was a good night. We had a lot of people showing up. Mike Rogan. I wish you were to record the show, like professionally. Oh, you know what we should have done? We should have made a movie of it. Speaking of. No, not speaking of. I have a question. I have a Mike Grogan question for you. Mike was wearing the gorilla suit That's at right. the Metro. That's right. Have you have, have you I abandoned the, the gr- Yes. I haven't exactly abandoned it, but uh I figured that if anybody was gonna be the monkey that night it's gonna be Mike Grogan. It was either gonna be him or Gabe. Mike fit the suit better. <laughs> is that what it is? Johnny Bravo. He fit it better than I did. Yeah, we got it. What about you, Ben? What, what did you do that night? Well, I uh, I had these cute little lavalier mics, and I was mm-hmm. wandering around, and I didn't really. I had these new. I have these this new mic system, and I don't know how to use it. So it was everything I could do to get it turned on and recording. Yeah. And then I didn't want to turn it off because I knew I wouldn't I know be able to figure out how to turn it on again. So right. Right. So I basically, I thought I had 15, I thought these things lasted 15 hours, batteries, but they only lasted five, which still got me through <laughs> just about to the end of the night. Pretty good. Um, and so I would bump into people and uh, talk to them and uh, get a good story out of them if they had anything to give me and then uh, ask them if they had any questions for you guys. And so. Uh, what, what do you I got? Did. You got something? I got a bunch of stuff. And, uh, you know, if, if, if you like them. We can use them. If not, well, we can cut these parts out. Whatever all right, you let's do. do that. But before we do that, yeah. let's go to uh, our new segment. Oh, yeah. Let's Popular. get to know Gabe. Is it let's get to know Dave or let's get to know Dave Lugo? I think it's just Dave. Let's get to know Dave. These are the Daves I know, I know. These are the Daves I know. These are the Daves I know, I know. These are the Daves I know. Hey, Dave, we're ready for a segment. What? He's passed out. <laughs> you passed out? All right, well. Okay. What do you got, Ben? Yeah, well, it's interesting because I thought I had this thing that was called like Ryan... Ryan greets us, but I don't see it here. God damn it. Oh, you're talking about, do you got the questions? What do we got? I, 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 Does I, Ryan need to answer some of these questions? No. Okay. No. All, right. all right. It's just a, there was just a funny moment where Ryan yeah, was, okay. maybe I can. Fine. Fuck you. <laughs> Hang on. I'll, I'll all right. What do you got? What do you got? Uh, here's right. Here was Ryan's greeting when I walked in. All right. Here's Ryan's greeting. Hey, look who it is. <laughs> 
just the old shoving the punch, the old cheddar in the pickle, the old we don't ride. Yeah, this goes. What was that? That's you, dude. That's you, Ryan. You want to use it? That's what you sound like every day. Are you aware of this? I sound like the guy that says, I'll rather pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Well, that's wimpy. That's yeah. that's Gabe's favorite. What uh, what what were you doing there, Ryan? Uh, I don't know. I was staring at somebody's butt in their <laughs> jeans. Probably Scott bending over to pick something up before it warmed up. And... I didn't even know you were recording. I just saw you and I got excited because I know when the three of you guys get together, it's like, you know. When Good the, stuff uh, is going to happen. Yeah. It's yeah, like but is that they... a character voice that I just don't know? What's that? Um, what are you doing there? What are those I'm words a myriad mean? of characters, my friend. What else you got? Yeah, come on. This well, is then, I, then I ran into Eddie Applebaum. Who I oh, Eddie Applebaum was there. Well, Eddie decided. Well, hang, on, that... hang on, hang on. Because Eddie's going to tell his own story. God damn okay, it. all right, cool. cool. <laughs> yeah, this clip is called... Uh, oh, I like this. You can play back. Eddie Applebaum elopes to the zoo. All right. I just flew in. Uh, I booked my flight 9.30 last night. Oh, was it last minute? It was a last minute thing. I had something cancel, and then I was watching flights for a few days, and I'm like, ah, oh, they're going up, going up, and then okay. I can't miss a Metro show, and I couldn't miss Here Comes the Zoo. So, yeah, but uh, what was more important that you, that, that canceled? What thank you. keeping you from this show? It was a wedding. Oh. My wedding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was kids-related, kid-related, but, uh, you know, you can never miss a Metro show, especially Here Comes the Zoo. It was, you know, 20, I was saying to Scott last night, I was texting him, you know, 20 years right, this is ago this, yeah, this was this is where I cut my teeth this yeah. is this was my coming of age like record um, you know we it was I was here for the Vic show and uh, whatever whatever month it was back in 2002 and uh, now it's a special moment it's a very special record and seeing this live seeing it live anywhere uh, is a great experience but seeing it at the Metro I think is uh, you know very uh, very special you recording this during us playing big log well, which I'm by the way sounds you're, rehe you're rehearsing Big Log. Is that what it was? Because it, it sounds like at first I was like, "What, what is a oh. tennis game going on?" No, we were playing fuck? Big Log on the couch. Is that what that was? Yeah. I think you were okay. teaching Norm how to play. All right, wow. Big Log. L little bit of verite there, right? Audio verite. Well, it gets better in this next clip because um, Eddie's Eddie and I started talking about how annoying it is when people come to concerts. And talk, yes. During the, during the concert, and but what was funny is that Eddie and I are having this conversation, yelling over you guys playing while you're talking. But yeah, so yeah. this is called Eddie talks on top of a big, and log. that's also called irony. It is irony. Yeah. Irony is not dead. There's no fucking irony. Like, I've seen actually, I've seen a lot of footage recently of a bunch of ours. Who was it I saw yesterday? Tegan and Sarah did this recently. I think it was a show a few weeks ago or something they were doing, and it was a. It was a ballad, one of their slower songs or whatever, and, and there were some girls up front who were chatting the whole thing, and they stopped the song, and they're like, shut the fuck up. Like, let, let, like in, you know, enjoy what you're here for, you, you know. It always blows my mind. It's like, you know, shows are escapes. Like, these are your, this is your chance. You get so few opportunities in life to, like, just escape. And, like, concerts make it the perfect setup because it's loud. So, like, it almost forces you to shut up. Like, you have to. But if you're going to try and compete with that, that noise if you're going to try to compete with the pa you shouldn't even be there you go 
Wow, that was a that was a manifesto of sorts, Ryan. I agree. He's <laughs> <laughs> so quick on the trigger. There's another uh, clip that addresses this, but 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 yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on people who come to uh, well, concerts. Well, I mean, the, the thing talk. about the entire first set, I love playing the first set, and I love playing the acoustic songs, but I also I don't like, um, we were talking about how loud we are. One of the great things about being loud is like, fuck you, you can't compete with me. I'm going to be louder than you no matter what. Fuck off. Uh, but when we have to like uh, greet people on equal footing when we're doing acoustic stuff, I get a little angry. And so I, I resort to violence. That's why we killed three people last night. <laughs> I didn't know that. Or are people just there to have a good time? And we're when we're there, like, listen, listen to us. We have something important to yeah. say. And they're like, not really. Uh, I just I just want a beer. And uh, what do I really care? What are you doing a Robert Plant cover? I don't give two shits. When I'm like, there, okay, I get it. Really I, there? I understand. <laughs> no, yeah, but, but it, am I? No, well, no, that's what we want them to be there. But you know, that's the struggle. Yeah, well, the struggle is real, and it's also stupid. What else? But, you got? There, but but there's two different things here. Again, there's people who are trying to interact with you and being they're being assholes, but they think they're being funny. They think they're trying to like goad you into something. Right. That's one thing. That's plenty annoying. But I think even sure. more obnoxious is the people who are just talking to each other like they yeah. haven't seen each other in a couple of years and like, oh, this is a great opportunity no, for us worst. to catch up. That's the worst. And and the thing is, is like, I get it. People want to come out and they want to have a good time. And I totally fucking get it. And there's no point in us talking about this right now because most people that are listening to this get this. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not changing any minds here. But I also, honestly, I wouldn't do that. I, and I don't care who it was or who it would be. I would never... Go and people who know me know this. I don't go to shows and talk while the band is playing. I would never do that. I, I think that is a tell our friends to shut up. Yeah, in there I, I, I just I don't understand the mentality. It's like go in the back and talk, please. That's what the back is for. Why come up front and talk? I don't get it. All right, I got one more Eddie Applebaum clip. This is called no Eddie's Fun, Eddie's Favorite Positions and How He Likes to Finish Off. Wait, what the? F- as the band goes out, I like to see the perspective of the crowd as the band walks on stage from their perspective. And then I kind of me- meander around. I like I go to the booth, the sound, you know, the soundboard for a little bit. I here at the Metro, um, and and I was talking to Joe Shanahan prior. Um, they have a new PA here. They not brand new, but they brought in a new PA after I guess Metallica kind of maybe blew out the uh, old one. Or whatever. Maybe I think that's what he was saying. And, and even Scott said the PA, this new PA, really makes the uh, balcony uh, sound amazing. Oh, cool. Um, so, but I tend to like, I like to make my way around and I finish off, uh, I like, I get up, I go right into the right into the pit, you know, for high five and I'll get in there. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let out some aggression. <laughs> That's not the position. I, I know Eddie in. He likes to get around and finish in the pit. Yeah. No, he, he, he likes to finish in the pit, and he likes to do a reach around. Yeah, and you know, it was nice to it was nice to see Eddie in the flesh. Oh yeah, yeah, like he was like. It was nice to feel him in the pit. <laughs> oh, what else you got there, Ben? Well, then I went up and bumped into some of our uh, some of the Cold Manor people. Uh, 
uh, Jay Bennett, who uh, has oh. has has hogged our time on the air before with a massive amount of questions, was equally talkative to right, me what's he got? up in the balcony. So this is called Jay Bennett realizes the error of his ways. And and by the way, here comes the uh, the scissors. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So about a decade ago, Steph and I were at Debonair, which is a bar down in the city. We walked in and we just sat down and Scott was sitting there. Just ended up being the three of us. We said hi. We ended up talking for about an hour, just shooting the shit. This was 10 years ago, Jay. I thought I knew everything about the world. And we were having this conversation about, at one point, he said, do you know what it's like, and I'm paraphrasing, to have to play Bound for the Floor every night of my life? And I, I'm a white-collar guy. I sit at a desk. I was like, you don't understand, man. You get to play Bound for the Floor every day of your life. you know. And I was, I was kind of a douchebag. And we had this conversation, and it was it was friendly, but it, it was it was a conversation to where ten years later in life, I understand every single thing he told me that day. That when I was 37, I didn't understand at all, you know. And I think it was more about the trials and tribulations of whatever you're doing, having to do things out of obligation versus being able to do things because you want to. I think it'd be a fun topic for the podcast sometime to talk about the burden of the things that you have to do on the road versus the things that you want to do on the road. Because I'd love to have like an hour conversation now with him, looking back on what I know now and kind of say, you know, my bad. Well, it's it's funny looking back on it because I someone asked me tonight, I bet I've been to probably 80 shows through the years and I've had chats with him. I've had full on conversations with him. He's always been nice, always. Every He's never been gruff. He's never been anything. But that night to where we were having a conversation about his vibe being jaded and you know I use that word and it didn't really land to be honest and at the time like we even left and we were catching a ride back and I told her I'm like can you believe how jaded he was and then literally looking back on it like a decade later I, I have completely fresh eyes on that entire interaction and I'd love to sort of hear the thoughts of it now uh, here's what I love. <laughs> somebody, somebody that looks at themselves and goes, 37-year-old me, as if they were 12. And you're 37, Jay. Take some fucking responsibility. <laughs> All right, two, I'm pretty sure I wasn't bitching about playing uh, Bound every night. Like, at that point, we might have even gone through a period where we stopped playing it. Uh, and, you know, we do that. We stopped playing kids all the kids uh, uh, stopped playing Eddie Vedder you know we did a lot of things because they were feeling stale and we stopped playing Brown for about a year because it felt really stale and then we started playing it again I was like I like this song so maybe that was more of what we were talking about but uh, I mean I honestly I think that people that come to see us all the time which we love and we try to throw in stuff for them all the time. But I think they're more sick of Bound than I am. You, does that make sense? You know, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I'm as resentful as that song as people think I am. But, you know, I mean, I could have I could have felt differently that night at, at, uh, at 
where was it debonair? I could have felt differently that night, but I also could have been putting on a performance, you know. I'll, I will do that. <laughs> he seemed right. pretty prepared. He was very prepared for that story. <laughs> it almost seemed like he knew he knew Ben was coming. Uh, listen, I got three more Jay Ben clips. Oh, three more? No. Wait, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, I thought, oh, I'm going to write clever titles for these, but now I don't know what they mean, so I don't even know what we're talking about here. This one's called Jay Bennett Hits the Road. Oh shit! You're you're not kidding. We can cut it about the road because you hear a lot about the trials and tribulations of the grind, particularly. They don't have a crew. You know, they load all their own gear. He sets it all up. If all of a sudden he, you know, steps on his pedal board and something's wonky, he's unplugging things and trying to figure it out. And you can think about that. What's literally the best? Thing? He wants to know what's the best thing. What are the good things about being on the road? Sometimes you get a pizza. You get pizza. I mean, you know, we don't have to split our beer with people. What are the good things? I mean, these shows are good because, like the Pack Up the Cat shows, you get the all ages ones, and I'm always the ones for. It's always good to see the cold manner people and the new faces and stuff like that. But it's always fun to see older fans' faces and like bringing newer people out. I mean, honestly, the thing is, is like, all right, if we had a crew, we'd have uh, more hotel rooms, okay? And that would eat up a lot of money. Uh, we'd, we'd have uh, more, uh, uh, what would you, ca- cars, vans, I mean, we'd, we'd, ha- we'd have to have... It costs more. It would, it would cost more. And, and the honest truth is we don't get paid as much as a band would get paid for a crew we don't and 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 as proud as we are as being able to do our own shit and be our own crew the honest real truth is we just don't get paid enough to employ a crew and that's the way it is there's a certain romanticism that we like to cultivate but there's also a certain anti-romanticism that is the truth and the truth is we just can't afford it we could afford it if we decided to charge forty, fifty dollars a ticket, but we're sure. not like that. Sure, you don't do that to yeah, people. That's possible. We could do that. And we could our, definitely do that. That's our. You can't do that to people. Can't. You can't. You can't. I won't. What All else right, you got? Wh- one more Jay Bennett. Bennett this one's called Bennett. 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 This is Jay Bennett's Bachelor Party of the Dead. Oh, God. I saw this movie. Yeah. But I saw the sequel, so I was completely lost. So tell me what happens in the first one. Hey, actually, that reminds me. Let's talk about this other thing for a second. Have you seen Terrifier 2? No. No. We almost went to see it the other night, and then and then Ryan goes, I don't know if I want to throw up tonight. And no, I go, okay, cool. said I hadn't seen, how can I watch the second one if I haven't seen the first one? No, Did you know tar- that there is a Cold Manor connection to Terrifier 2? Oh no, what, who did I piss off now? Who's a clown? This guy, Steve Barton, produced Terrifier 2, and he's a. He's oh, a, that. He's a fan. I, I, uh, well, okay. we're going to have to cut this into everything. <laughs> Stevie, he drank his juice. We could even, we could, we could probably get Steve Barton on the podcast. We should get Steve Barton on the podcast. Okay, so here's Jay Bennett. 
Jay Bennett's bachelor party of the day. Bennett's bachelor. Uh, actually, as a matter of fact, my bachelor party was here for the Saturday of the As Good As Dead tour with Joe and Ryan. We came down with like 10 of my best buddies. We did a Cubs game rooftop. Uh, we bar hopped up and down. Oh, this is definitely getting cut. It was just terrible, but blast. <laughs> and then we came here for the show that night. And it was, I mean, one of my favorite nights ever. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, Gabe? He's <laughs> got that dark blue light though. It's like the little peanut butter pickle princess. What are you, what are you, what are you wearing over there, Gabe? Me? What do you got on over at GMPHQ? So, Gabe, are you getting a lot of pushback for your uh, your your pickle? Your pickle? I am. People people don't understand the the, the power of the pickle. You I think it. they understand. I'll stand with you, Gabe. You no, like you are like getting it. a lot of pushback. So even wait, even you, Lauren O'Neill. I'm not going to eat what he likes, but I'm saying if that's you what like I'm saying. the taste of something, then you go. You like it. I haven't what? seen this kind of pickle pushback <laughs> since Justin moved to Chicago and was asking people for picklebacks. And they're like, oh, "Fuck yeah. you! You live in Chicago I'll now." Do a pickleback. What, did, do a what pickleback did Lauren right say, now. Ben? What did Lauren say? But Lauren Lauren hadn't heard the episode yet, but I remembered she had her own peanut butter sandwich recipe that she shared with us. She does that was the mix of the creamy yeah. and the chunky, but not and I pickles. Said, right, and I said, "Did you hear about Gabe?" I told her what it was, and she was grossed out. <laughs> Wait, she makes creamy peanut butter and chunky peanut butter. Yeah, she mixes them together. It's not bold. No, but it's no, it's not bold. It's crazy. Yeah, but. The other part of the chunky peanut butter is the creamy peanut That's butter what I'm saying. already. But she likes, like, not half and half. She likes quarter, three-fourths. Okay, so she's not like Fred Savage and likes a peanut butter and onion sandwich and Little Monsters. Oh, right. And I apologize because I should have I should have gotten this clip, but I thought, okay, that's we don't need Lauren talking about her sandwich again. But I think I figured out what's going on with her. She's you know she gets fancy. <laughs> oh, have you? Or, <laughs> she gets organic like peanut butter, and so she was saying I don't that the like chunky. That. Right. I li- so oh, saying, you don't like the thing that you got to mix? I like it. I can do that, but I mean, it's like give me a Jif super chunk. Exactly, mm-hmm. and that's what I said. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. said. She said the chunk is too dry, and that's why she puts the creamy. And I said, oh, your chunk is only dry because you're using fancy peanut butter. If you just got a jiff well, extra is, crunchy. Your chunk, chunk, chunk from dry. Goonies? Your chunk is only too dry if you didn't add enough jelly, baby. Come on. Okay. <laughs> and if you're too dry on the jelly, you add a little bit. Can I just like say that I watched uh, Empire of the Sun last week because mm-hmm. it's on uh, Apple. Mm-hmm. And... Fucking Christian Bale, right out of the gate, a great actor. All right, what else you got? And, by the way, stupendous in Amsterdam. Not as stupendous as he is in Empire of the Sun. Mm, well. You, you know what? I told you the, the Amsterdam stuff is great in Amsterdam, but the rest of it is, you can be Richard Brody all you want, but it is not as amazing as you and Richard Brody say it is. I, I can't. And also, Richard Brody, dude, could you ever get a movie more wrong than you get Tar? You watched a completely different movie and you just want to fucking bitch about Tar. You did not get that movie. That guy needs to take a break. What do you got next? Gabe, what's your favorite Christian Bale movie? Oh, I, I know he's going to say Newsies. No, come on. What? 
I don't even know if I've seen, I don't even think I've seen a movie with him in it. Really? What about American Psycho? Christian Bale? Come on, baby. Never seen it. What about yeah, those Batman you, you movies? Never, <clears throat> I don't, you never I don't, saw no, he's American Psycho. You never saw... American Psycho. You've seen American Psycho. No, I never did. Not even when I had to play, we had to wear them suits and stuff. I still did. You, you dressed as Christian Bale on New Year's Eve. I know, and I got fake blood all over my suit. I had to throw it out. <laughs> you wore the, you wore a good suit? Eh, no, yeah, I wore a nice shirt. I wore a nice shirt, and that shirt was not cheap, and it got blood on it. And what about American Gangster? What about that's not, that's out not of the American Hustle? American Hustle. What about Out of the Furnace? That's one of my no, favorites. See, yeah. Oh no, it's yeah. not. What about The Boxer? The Fighter. The, the Fighter. Fight. That's what it is. No. Where'd you park the fucking car, Boo Boo? <laughs> you guys, bro. <laughs> Look at Ben and Scott giggling. Oh, okay, next question, Ben. Michelle wants to know why Scott is not an animal. What's that supposed to mean? We, well, we're gonna find Because I'm not an animal. I am very intrigued by the fact that Scott is a vegetarian and gay. So I wanted to ask, or I would ask him, like, what brought that on? What was it? Is it a? Is it an animal rights thing? Is it a health thing? Is it what? What started that whole path? Well, clearly, nothing that Gabe and I do is a health thing. <laughs> I mean, that is the furthest thing. We don't give two shits about our bodies. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, partly animal rights and partly uh, 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 the, the planet. What was that thing, the planet? <laughs> Gabe, I want to know your reason. It's the, it's the same reason I say for everything. It's, it's like the quote that Jerry Seinfeld says, I choose not to run. Yeah. You know, you don't also here's the thing. All right, Gary, huh? I don't know if you feel like this, but I just feel like uh I don't have to do it. Like I'm not out in the wild killing animals with my bare hands and like doing that to feed my family. I don't have to do that. And we as a society is sitting around, we're getting our food put on a plate for us by these corporations that are like spilling methane into the air and you know cows farting and left and right you know what i mean hey and, i'm right here and and and, non, <laughs> and and people getting cancer left and right why why would we do that you know it's just like i have no respect for that for that and, wait but then when i talk i tell you about all these beyond burgers i'm Eden, you say, hold on a second, not so fast with that Beyond Burger. You don't know what you're going to get with that because stuff. Because that's nonsense too, buddy. Like, I mean, like what we we should be doing is we should just be eating vegetables. We should be going total vegan, which we're not, and and that's what we should be doing. And we'll probably, you know, we'll probably look great. You and me will be in like you know Gap ads, and we'll like have these naked Herb Ritz photos together, and it'll be great. What do you think? Want to do it? I'll do it. There's no. chemicals in everything. It doesn't <laughs> matter if it's meat or a vegetable. <laughs> but, but, but. Moderation. You're going to get a lot less chemicals yes. in vegetables. Yes. Okay. And you got to choose your, you got to choose your, 
stuff wisely. You can still eat good meat and be resourceful. You could if you or, if you fucking grew it yourself, or yeah, if you went out and hunted for exactly, it yourself. But exactly. I'm not. I'm not a manly man. I'm not no. doing it, so I'm not going to pretend to be well, a manly that man. Doesn't make you a manly man. Well, it, it, a manly man uh, could do his own laundry if, and <laughs> his own dinner. I could do my own laundry. Well, then you're a manly okay. man. But you, know, but you could. If I went out in a loincloth and, and like you know took down a bull, then I'd be fine eating it. No, then you're a bullfighter. No, I mean, but, if but, it was between me and the cow, the cow's gonna mm-hmm. die. I will kill the cow. But yeah. it's not. It's it's just not. It's ridiculous. But you're not growing your own vegetables either. You can now buy like a whole cow from some organic farmer. Yeah, but they're vegetables. I'm not going to look a vegetable in the eye and go. Oh, okay, so some of sorry, it is the buddy. It's, it's the animal. Oh, it's totally about the animals. Oh, okay, yeah, but totally. Go, hey, carrot, I'm going to cut you at your snip. Come on, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't go all the way there. Chong, <laughs> cue the Law and Order bell. I I I, I hate I hate orange people. Tip. He's a root vegetable man. Shame on him. He boils them. Gabe, can huh? you dig it? I just said I, <clears throat> I could eat meat, but I choose not to. That's it. Okay, but why? Is you it just because to. you want to walk around and quote chariots of fire? <laughs> I mean, why? I want to get you on record as to why. You don't have to eat meat to to survive, and I know that. I'm, I'm proof. Is of that it. not what I just fucking said? It is. What's the next question? The question <laughs> is not, why do you not put these things in your mouth? The question is, why do you put those things in your mouth? That's the question. <laughs> why won't that's you put great, that thing in that's your a mouth? Great, that's a great point. That's a great point. Now, speaking of putting things in your mouth. Next question. Uh, after the music box, no, after the Metro show, I went to the music box horror marathon, and we sat next to Udo Kier. He was there for a, a screening of Blood for Dracula, and he sat down right next to us. And what, it was, what is the, what's the singer of Accept got to do with this? Shut up. <laughs> I'm hoping right. that Udo was there to answer questions after the screening as well. Yeah, Udo yeah, no, he was totally, Udo hadn't seen the movie like maybe wow. since it came out, so wow. he's watching it with an audience, and he was laughing. Like the entire time. So like every time Udo plays Dracula in Blood for Dracula and every time he sucks the blood of a woman who's not a virgin, he spends 10 minutes puking up blood. And Udo watching Udo puke up blood was a delight. He was just laughing his ass off and it was great. So the thing is, he came in, sat down next to us. I was like, I, I elbowed Justine. I was like, oh, my God, that's Udo Kier. She's like, oh, yeah, cool. And then I go, look at his socks. And he was wearing Godfather socks. He had these great socks, and they said the Godfather on them. And then I, I like, turned to, like, pick up my camera to take a picture, and Justine goes, she leans over and goes, I like your socks. He goes, <laughs> oh, thank you. And I'm like, what are you doing? You didn't know who this guy was. You didn't know that those were Godfather socks. You're taking my in <laughs> to Udo Care. And she's like, well, you should have said something earlier. And I was like, ah. Oh. She like stabbed me, not in the back, right in the throat, right in front of Udo Care. 
You know what rhymes with Udo Kier? She don't care. Well, listen, by the way, let's give her props for not asking Udo whether he liked Ozzy Sabbath or Dio Sabbath. Let's give her props for once. For once, not asking Udo Kier. By the way, if she had asked Udo Kier, what do you think he would have said? Dio. I think it would have been a total Ozzy man. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe the biting the head off the bat would have... But you don't see what she did to me? Like, she completely... Cut me off yeah. at the knees. Yeah. I don't know if I can live with her anymore. Well, what else? don't say that because let's listen to this next clip first. Okay. <laughs> you should talk about how, how lucky Scott is to have such a great woman in his life and a great dog in his life. Okay. Thank you. You want him to pay tribute? To Justine okay. and, Karen, and Hill. Karen Hill. All right, here's the thing. Karen would not have cut me off the knees in front of Udo Kier. That's all I have to say about this. Let's get to the next question because I'm getting hot over here. You okay? <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. The next question. Joe yeah. wants to know Scott's second best. For Scott, I would ask him, besides a Metro, what's his second favorite venue in Chicago to play? Oof. Ryan, would you like to answer that? Your second favorite? <laughs> Your second favorite? If I really had to wager a guess, you played many more places than I have in my life. But over the many years that you told me places you like, I know First Ave's one of them. No, in Chicago. Oh, he didn't say that. Oh, I love First Ave. He, said, uh, he first, said in Chicago, no, he, right? He did say oh, Chicago. It's yeah. probably got to be a double door. No, it doesn't exist anymore. Well, when it did. Well, yeah, let's stick to what exists right now. <laughs> what yeah. happened to Double Door coming back? I thought they were reopening. It is. It is. It is. Uh, we we've played a bunch of great shows at of all places. Yeah, I mean Liars Club. Liars Club always. <clears throat> That's our heart. That's our, our place where we can we can sort of put on a show like the Little Rascals. That's our blood bag. Um, but I mean, we love. I don't know what that means. Uh, empty bottle and oh, I love uh, the empty bottle. Lincoln Hall and Sleeping Village, all the places like that. I mean, there's no reason to pick favorites, but if you want to see the two extremes of what we will do in Chicago, there's Metro, and then there's Liars Club, yeah. and they will be two very different shows, and uh, I love them both for different reasons. Is that? Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Before we get to the next clip, I just want Ryan brought up something earlier, and I meant to jump on it then. He's talking about Gabe's blue light tonight. And I was reading a bunch of complaints about the blue light at an unmentionable venue that we played last yeah. night. Was it as annoying to play play with as it was to be in the audience? No, during the it was movie? our idea. No, because we <laughs> were in front of the blue light, so when it, you're behind it, when you're looking at it, it doesn't right. blind no, you. No, we were looking at it, though. No, the reality is they were blinded by the blue lights behind us, but the thing <clears throat> people don't understand that we deal with every night is that the lights are on us. Well, They're always like bright white or, you know... Something you don't want. It's like somebody being like, hey, here's a spotlight. You're in your robe in the shower. You know, you're like, come on, don't shine everything on me. You know. Okay. Todd has been to 88 shows and he has a question. 
How many, how many local H Metro shows have you been to? This is my third. This is my 89th show. 88th show. 88th local H show, yes. but only your third at the Metro. Well, I'm from West Virginia. Well, that's funny because we've already finished the next record, and it's called Dean Cundy's Balls. <laughs> next question. All right, here's one that you. Now, do you want? I can. I, I don't even have to play this. I got a button that we have. Uh, I don't know if you want to get into this. Brian Blockinger and I start talking about Halloween ends. Nice, uh, Brian Blockinger. All right, I'd love to hear what Brian Blockinger has to say, especially right. if he's. Got something to say about Gabe. No, oh, he has a, he's only talking about Halloween and Gabe, are, are you still there, Gabe? I'm gonna munch on him. I'm here. I'm I'm, I'm 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 taking it in. Mm. I wonder how a guy from West Virginia has seen eighty eight local eight shows. That's that's incredible. He's seen at least twenty with you in the band, Gabe. Really? West Virginia. He, he's seen at least three in West 20 Virginia. Twenty out of eighty, you gotta imagine he's been around since the beginning. Right, and he says he's been to Chicago 28 times, I'm assuming, to see Local H each time. So In that's 80, how he's seen some of those. 80 to that? Yeah. I've, he's probably only seen me like 15 times. I mean, honestly, I've only played about 80 shows myself. In well, West Virginia? No, yeah. in Local H. <laughs> uh, what's Brian Blockinger got to say? All right, here we go. Surprised by the story, but not in a happy way. Compared to the last two, there was a lot more to it. Yes. Which is insane that much, but he's right. Yeah. Okay. The last two, I could have told you exactly what was going to happen. Right. This one wasn't like that. But but why do this one as the third part of this trilogy? Why why do we have to now suffer through this fucking? look so bad anymore like that yeah that's all you needed that was jamie lee curtis and her and boring halloween kills is not even a movie it's this terrible just is batshit crazy to me it's like what what the fuck were awesome. you thinking well can they give you spoilers no i've seen i've seen the whole thing oh you saw the whole yeah, thing yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. go ahead i thought this whole thing was to set up our shapes go ahead Her granddaughter? I don't know. Listen, nobody lose the nerve. person that I have ever met in any of these movies, but especially this one. What are you saying, Scott? Once again, Brian Blockinger. Correct. <laughs> On like every fucking level. Like, the reason why this is the third one, Ben, is the same reason why uh, uh, Gabe's favorite. Halloween 3 season The Witch is the third one 
they are like, what do we do now? So let's just burn the whole fucking thing down. <laughs> and that's why this is interesting. Think about it. Like the first three are of a piece, right? And, and, and the thing that like puts them together is Dean Cundy. Watch your mouth. Dean, yeah. <laughs> Dean, Dean Cundy and the music, right? And, you know, the widescreen palette, okay? And then four, five, and six are like C level movies, D level, perhaps, in the case of Revenge of Michael Myers, at best. Okay, they're just terrible. But, mm -hmm. but uh, The Return of Michael Myers, to me, has a certain charm and it has mm -hmm. an integrity, and I actually like it. Mm -hmm. Those three movies are of a piece. And by the end of that trilogy, it's crashed and burned. You're like, I don't want anything to do with these movies anymore. Uh, and that happens kind of even with the uh, Rob Zombie movies, except it, it, it didn't take three movies. It took two. You're like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here, right? So with these three movies, I feel like this thing that Halloween is moves in threes. It's like the breeder song, only in threes. And by the third one, they're like, well, we don't know where to go with this. Fuck it. Let's burn it all down. So to me, this makes a whole lot of sense in the continuum of it. And in, in, this, in this trio, I prefer it to the other two as opposed to the, the first trio. And I think Blockinger sees that. Brian Blockinger, once again, spot on. All right. Oh, I do have the woman passing out in front of me. You want to hear that? Sure. It sounds uh, it's really, it, it, you'll just hear the clunk of her head and then me saying, Oh my God, <laughs> should we be playing this? Kelly, there's, <laughs> Kelly, this woman is passed out in front of me. So, I don't know. I don't know how exciting this is. Yeah, well, we'll find Day bow, bow. Woman is passed out. <laughs> well, right that, before simple. Simple, please. please. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I got a question. Man, that was some Maisel Brothers shit. I got a question. Why, in the human nature, when somebody falls or somebody does something, is the first reaction to be oof or oh? Oh. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's sad. I don't know. Hey, Kelly. This woman's passed out. Man, you you really you really. I my breath too long. <laughs> ben <laughs> ben, ben to the down. rescue. Yeah. Gabe, are you still there? Yes, I just remembered. I remembered something that I wanted to ask you guys because <laughs> I had two. I had four ten-hour rides over the week, and I did not get exposed to Led Zeppelin or the replacements on any of those rides. Excuse us. We've been on tour. <laughs> yeah, okay. What's Ben's been fault? What's Ben's No, Ben. Ben, you had your chance. I gave you an opening here. Maybe I Ben maybe Ben didn't believe you were going to take his uh I said it. I said Give me 30 minutes. 30 he's minutes. already dealt with your constant dismissal of the replacements. If I were Ben, I wouldn't put together a list of songs for you to listen to either. Because you would have been like, eh, I have room in my life for this. Listen, where's the hours? Taco Bell? <laughs> I only got Taco Bell once on that trip. <laughs> Please don't lie to me. But I did go to Taco Bell Norte in Kenosha. It was pretty good, Ben. You Stop saying El Norte. Better Norte do that again. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, that was Ben's chance. Anyway, to, that was Ben's chance. I'm done with the replacements. I, I, I got no more room. It's better that way. You fucked up, Ben. You got any free space for Freedy Johnson? Now Listen, you done fucked up. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is you're both getting this wrong. Ben is like, what's better? And Ben is Ben says replacements. And you say Oh, Iron Maiden, I forgot. Uh but the point is it shouldn't be that easy. On either of your sides. Okay? It's not even close. It it is close. <laughs> Stop it. This needs to end. This is like Palestine and Israel. I'm tired of it. All right, Ben, what else you got? There's no two states. The only person who has any right to speak about Palestine and Israel in in this group. (laughs) What else you got? Sarah wants to know about Scott's heat tolerance. Oh, here we go. Something I know about. What is your uh, heat tolerance for the hottest of hot sauces? Like, what's the hottest you've ever had? Well, dude, you guys were there. The chip was worse than any sauce I've ever had. Although, really? Ryan and I were, where were we? We were driving from a show. It was Sunday. We were in a Sunday. little place called Cincinnati, we, Ohio. It was Cincinnati? And we stopped at this place called Gomez because mm-hmm. we could sleep in. And I found this delicious split open, all Crunchwrap Supreme looking, chunky looking, wet rice meaty. Wait, no, 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 no. Talking about the turtle? What are you talking about? No, turtle. Talking about the, we were, uh, we stopped at this brunch place, remember? And they got us these Bloody Marys. Oh, we you're, sat, ta- oh you're, you're rewinding an Elkhart. Yeah, yeah. We, Elkhart. We got Bloody Elkhart, Marys Indiana. and he asked if we liked them spicy. And we we said got Bloody Marys in the ass? Is that what you just said? He said we got Bloody Marys and he asked okay. if we liked them a spicy. And I said, fuck yeah, I like them spicy. So he brings out, was it? It was a ghost pepper Ghost sauce. pepper insanity sauce. Now... Insanity sauce is is it's a terrible product. It it's it's a it's a hot sauce that doesn't. It's like the malort of hot sauces. It's it's a it's a stunt food. It's just it's awful. Unnecessary. It's unnecessary. It's not cool. So this fucking guy, he just douses our Bloody Marys with this stuff and gives it to it. And I take a drink and I'm like, all right. Fuck you, I'll pay for this, but I'm not drinking this. And I give it back to him. You know what you did. Fuck you. Get the fuck out of here. So I go into the bathroom, and I run around in circles for... 25 minutes. It was 25 At minutes. Least. And I remember, was like, two, there was a... Two werewolves <laughs> there, there was a, uh, a Flack of Seagulls song, and then, Warned like, a Kim Carnes song. And it's just like, I kept, like, running around in circles listening to all these songs going... All right, I've been in here for four songs. I got to get the fuck out of here. I get out. Ryan has drank half of his drink. And I only oh. drank like about a little bit of it. And he goes, he looks at me and his eyes are all bloodshot. <laughs> he, goes, he, goes, he goes like this. He goes, uh, uh, keep chasing with beer, buddy. It's okay. I'm like, Ryan, what are you doing? You're going to die. <laughs> Anyways. What else? Sarah got any wants questions to- for me? Yeah, yeah. Little was Ryan. I, I've turned all the questions into questions for you as well. Yeah. Gabe, I got a question for you. Sure. Every time 
Actually, it's more of a statement. <laughs> it sounds like you haven't really thought this one through. The amount of excitement that I feel when you step out on stage, I haven't felt it in a while. And when you came out at the Metro, that was like you getting your favorite meal delivered at Tacos El Norte. <laughs> so thank you. So could you feel the urine you on your back? Did you wear the, the coveralls suit? You wore the coveralls, yeah. Okay. The jumpsuit. Okay. That thing fit pretty good. I liked it. It did. I saw some <laughs> slow replays. You want it? I'll send it to you. No, I'll never wear it. But uh, <laughs> Yes, you will. <laughs> no, but I, I'd like to make a, a work shirt out of that design. It's nice. That's not going to happen. Oh, yeah. We're making it. You can make a work shirt sticker, too. <laughs> okay, do you feel the love coming from the crowd when you're on stage or you're just in- oh he had to have the other night you had to have felt that the place the went roar, nuts the roar we heard when he said oh my god when Gabe when Gabe elbowed past Liz Faring Billy Corgan to get out there and sing <laughs> just the sing climbed, climbed over Dave and, Rogan. Hold on. and people went yeah <laughs> let's get this out in the open though the curse get of the typo the, the curse of the typo with fucking the lives and and you know I blame Dewey Cole this guy Ooh. we used to be able to trust and he screwed us like I, I had I had it all and then he comes in he goes that's not the right one i go well he was right about a couple other ones i'm just gonna go with him and then so he goes this is the wrong one and then what is do he he comes on and goes yeah that was me ha ha i'm like all right look you <laughs> fucked up keep it under wraps <laughs> we're talking about the dates the metro dates there was one He's date fired yeah it wouldn't be right if we didn't have a typo somewhere. No, it would so be wonderful missed, because I worked date? so hard on those dates. You missed one date? I missed one date and it was you totally You should have asked Dewey, Dewey from walked the get-go. In, Dewey walked in and he goes, no, this is the right date. Dewey and I was like, what? Always and then, and then here, here was his thing. He goes, like this. he goes, yeah, I typed the wrong date. I go, wait, you typed the wrong date? I mean, you didn't do a bunch of research and you got the wrong date. You just typed the wrong date? You hit the wrong fucking button. I can't talk about this anymore. <laughs> One, two, Scotty's coming for you. <laughs> Three, four, four. Lock, Do lock the door. <laughs> Five, <laughs> six. No, you fucked up, kid. No, it's Seven, One, eight. two, Scotty's coming for you. Three, zero. Oh, I just typed the wrong fucking number. <laughs> you played the Metro 40 times. I just yeah, sang the cares? wrong number. Who cares? Nobody's going to remember those dates. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> it is that big of a deal because we were finally going to do something. I'm picturing like a Planet of the Apes scenario where they're in the Forbidden Zone and they're in a cave, and Charlton Heston bumps into this T-shirt, and it turns out it's the. Metro How long is this shirt. Planet of the Apes scenario going to go for? Oh, it's going to go on a while. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so you know, history has been rewritten by this Metro shirt because Heston now goes to his grave thinking that that would have been fine. But if Dewey had just stuck with us and said, nope, this is the correct date. Instead, he just comes and goes, oh, yeah, that was me. I typed in the wrong number. (laughs) What are you doing, man? (laughs) That's not solidarity. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe he did it on purpose. You know what? He got you good. That is possible. (laughs) It is possible he did it on purpose. One, two, I am coming after. All right, what else we got? Sarah wants to know Scott's black and white tolerance. 
what is your favorite black and white film? Um, but I want to say specifically from the 50s to 70s. Because Scott's... Are you skipping the 60s or 50s to 70s? 50s to 70s. I'm giving him a wide range because he's a picky guy. <laughs> a piggy guy? Listen, <laughs> my favorite movies are all black and white. Raging Bull, Citizen Kane, It's a Wonderful Life, Paper Moon... All the best movies are black my, and white. My baby movies. Young Frankenstein. They're all, all the best movies are black and white. Well, there that's exciting because now Sarah and I and then um, Normal took guesses as to what we thought you would say. And what I can't remember be? if I'm on here, but I said Raging Bull. Raging uh, Bull, clearly. It's the you best. had a shoe in there, Ben. It's the best. But wait a minute. Here's Sarah's black and white guess. Okay. I would say a clockwork orange. That's not black and white. But that's true. Kubrick is not. Well, okay. If we're going to do black and white, then I, I guess. you said black and white. You're right. Uh, then let's say, um, let's say Night of the Hunter. Dumbbell. <laughs> Sarah. Wait a minute. Sarah. <laughs> not, not to be My outdone. My favorite part of uh, Clockwork Orange is the, uh, is, the yeah, is Clockwork Black and White. I mean, you know, my favorite. Technicolor. Oh, I love the opening credits, and they're all in those monochromatic black and white. You know, that's great. And then when she said, you're like, that's not black and white, Kubrick. She's like, all right, Night of the Hunter. I'm sorry, I got to get out of here. She didn't say Lolita or, or Strange Love or Paths of Glory. No. Okay, then then Norm he took a guess too, so you want to hear okay. this one? Oh, this should, this be should be great. No, I'm in. The big log video. Norman. South by Southwest by Kubrick or Hitchcock. That's North by Northwest, and that's also not a black and white movie. It's also colored. It's also colored. Now. Oh, one of the balcony after. <laughs> one of wrong. Hitchcock's finest black and white movies, North by Northwest, right up no, there. South with by South. Other... You're there. You're thinking of North oh, by Northwest. Yeah. He was thinking of South by South. South by South. Right. That is right, black and white. Right, right up with the uh, other great black and white uh, uh, masterpieces like Vertiginous and uh, Front Window. Twenty one jumpsuit. <laughs> The man who knew some things <laughs> to catch a chief. What? Sarah says South. Oh, South by Southwest by Kubrick. <laughs> <laughs> she went to film school. <laughs> yeah. Okay. She did go. She did go see uh, Night of the Hunter with me uh, the next day. Oh. So she does. She is aware that that is the best Kubrick black and white movie. Is it though? <laughs> I said it's yeah. a pretty good Kubrick black and white movie. Oh, it's it's brilliant. <clears throat> it's Gabe's favorite. Gabe, no, have you ever seen a black and white movie? <laughs> I saw Schindler's List. Oh yeah, that is a great black and white movie, my friend. A great black and white movie. So but Blair Witch was Blair Witch black and white? No. Yes, it was a great black and white movie. So Ben, uh, <laughs> I saw Shinner's List in that Dolby theater that you went to see Halloween in, and it was great. And I turned around, and Jerry Seinfeld was making out with some chick. <laughs> was it Larry Davis? 
All right. Perhaps we're, we're, we only got two more clips left. So we're all right. Great. The timing's working out great here. Uh, here's Geo's favorite show. Uh oh. This should be good. Okay. Well, you're saying tonight's show. Maybe your second favorite. Second favorite Metro well, show. Oh, what's your first favorite? First was my first time seeing Brian St. Clair. Uh, December 17th. Ben, you know it's funny. Coincidentally, that night, I showed up and dressed up as Brian in a wig. Was him because Brian was sick. You know, he had like some food. You know what else is something. interesting about that? <laughs> December seventeenth, nineteen ninety nine. He said, "Never forget." According to Dewey, he was December fifteenth, nineteen ninety nine. See, now we need the guy from Quantum Leap to come in here and tell us what the real business. Scott Bakula or Scott. Or this new guy. You better take that back. Scott Dracula. You better take that back. You take that back. All right. Either way. Last question. Last question. Gio so, what he's saying is he wants us to play Hello, Everyone. Okay. I've tomorrow. been reading that we'll a lot. Hello, everyone. There's been a lot of that. Hello, Everyone yeah. requests. <laughs> wish up Facebook. a wish tree, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, go on now. All right. Is this the last question? Last one. Geo picks a question to ask. I thought he already had one. That wasn't a question. That was a statement. Oh, right. My question is, why does Scott not get rid of his picks? Like tonight, he was fiddling with his pick. Like he'd put it back in his pocket. And I kept looking on the stage to see if he was dropping them. And it's it's an odd question, but I'm just always curious. He eats them. It's true. <laughs> Snack. All right. Well, here, here's the thing. It is like a pick is an extension of your your finger. And if I could play with my fingers, I would. And it would make the dropping of picks, yeah, less of a problem. But, but uh, like, if I get a new pick, it I, I don't really like it. I have to wait till it sort of like gets closer to the shape of my finger. So I I don't just play one pick and then throw it away. I'm not uh, Rick Nielsen. I play that pick until it basically is a nub or nothing. So like it, it, the pick gets better the more I play it. So that's why. I feel the same way. It's like you can't give it away. It doesn't have any. Can't give it away. Want. I need it. It's not I'm like not gonna give away a fresh stick. Yeah. You know? But like you know, like like when you start to destroy a stick, it becomes useless. When I start to destroy a pick, it becomes better. And so that's that's what's happening. Until it doesn't. Until, until it doesn't. Until until basically I'm I'm destroying my finger again. And so that's what's going on. It's oh, it's the- not it's not a weird thing. Like I don't want to give you the pick. You can have it, but you just have to be there when the pick is dead. What's your policy with guitar strings? I change them every night. Oh, you do. You don't oh, yeah. like strings once they've been worn in a little bit. Well, I wear them out pretty quickly. It doesn't take very long. But it, like, like there's if I don't change them every night, they will break within like the fourth song. What's your what's your changing strings ritual? Do you do it after a show? Do you do it before the next show? 
<laughs> I do it before the, the next show. Barely. Yeah, barely. <laughs> like last night, I barely made it. <laughs> I like walk out there. Usain Bolton did the finish like, yeah. right before. Like, like, Hi, everybody. Did you eat? Yeah, I had a bite. Mm-hmm. I learned something this year from my man, Justin Hawkins, which is that people from other places oh call that. Why don't you just suck Justin Hawkins' nipple ring? Sure. For God's sake. I would. Can we do an episode where you don't go on and on about Justin Hawkins? <laughs> What of them? I didn't hear any of these. What's what you got here, Ben? Ben has his weird, weird man love crush no, on Justin it, Hawkins. What's it, what's it? No, he. It doesn't matter what. It's like Justin Hawkins <laughs> on his favorite soap, and like Ben will be like, you know what? Justin Hawkins likes, uh, <laughs> you know, he likes Irish Spring. I'm like, yeah, we all do. Like, but Justin Hawkins says it's good. I don't. I don't like Irish. Spring. And then be like, you know what? Justin Hawkins doesn't like Kid Rock. I'm like, yeah, I know. Nobody likes Kid Rock. But Justin Hawkins has a different reason for not liking Kid Rock. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Fucking get an apartment with Justin Hawkins. I don't know what to tell you. Make sure you bring a big bag of blow, and you guys will have a great time. <laughs> not telling any stories out of school, by the way. All right. But I somehow had gone through life not knowing that that people call some people call picks plectrums. Plectrums, yes, that Plectrum is electrum. that is the proper word for it, and it doesn't surprise me that that fucking prick Justin Hawkins would run around calling his picks plectrums. I like to use my plectrum. Here's my plectrum as I take a swig from my lager. But is it just a British versus a U.S. thing, or is it something douchier? No, it's it's douchier, and which uh, apparently you would like, but more. more I I hold my plectrum right here, and then I take <laughs> my lager here, and then I do my coke here. <laughs> All right. I uh, yeah. Never mind. I won't say it. Say it. Listen, I, I can't. Ryan, I'm trying to think of a good Ryan. analogy to him calling that a plectrum, <laughs> but the only thing I can think of, nobody, 97%. Well, here's the thing I know about him. Because he believes in a thing called love. <laughs> People love that band, I did. Uh, that first record is brilliant. Yeah. <coughs> Not to me. Love on the Rocks with No Ice. Yeah, Genius. Good. Yeah. What's that other song that Friday to just blah 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 blah? It's like David Lee Roth. That's all it reminds me of. Listen, David Lee Roth. You you need to stop talking about David Lee Roth because first of all, you don't get it. I don't get it. All right. That's what's funny. But that's the point. You got. But see, he's too smart for you. You don't understand David Lee Roth, so you can't talk shit about David Lee Roth. I can talk shit about. No, it's not like you're talking shit about Sebastian Bach. You're talking shit about David Lee Roth, who is operating at a whole different level. Okay. Can we all agree on this? Sebastian Bach is one ugly man. Hey, he ain't about your business. He's not your monkey business. (laughs) He's not. But he ain't no fool and ring either. <laughs> That's the wrong band. You know what? What's alright. This is gonna be the best question of the night. This should this shouldn't surprise you, but Gabe is a be. huge first Skid Row fan. 
no, first, no, first, huge. first gut, Loves first gut reaction, first gut reaction. <laughs> when when Swade to the Grind went number one, Gabe was like, "See, I told you." Everyone <laughs> loves. Last question from Ryan, and then I'll retire. But I want to know from. Did you just refer to yourself either, as a third person? From either one. You think you're better than David Lee Roth? You're not. You just not, referred to yourself as a third person. I'm not better than David person. Lee Roth. I, nobody's better than David Lee Roth. His holiness. That's right. But if you were to throw open the fucking door, <coughs> and you had a silhouette of steam and light behind you, and you came out of the shower in a robe, what would be the song playing behind you, Ben? That Billy Squire, uh, "Love Me Tonight." All right, Gabe. No, first thing. First of all, it'd be Billy Squire Rock in the dark. Night. It would be Billy in the dark. <laughs> Give me a second. I gotta think of this. What about you? What about you? Is the most. All right. What's the question, question again? So just you, you. It's a back silhouette shot of a door. You throw the door open. Steam comes out. You're in a robe. You just got a shower. You're back. Oh well, so it, that's playing. It right. would be. It would be the the, the one with Kelly LeBrock comes out in uh, <laughs> Weird Science. <laughs> He's alive. It'd, it'd be that. He's alive. Yeah, and I'd be like, oh, I, what do you little maniacs want to do now? That's what it would be. You'd have a nice trim bikini. And then I go, nine. which one of you maniacs wants to touch my plectrum now? <laughs> I can't think of anything except the song Babe by Styx. <laughs> you Wait, mean how Gabe. does that one go? You know it's you, Gabe, whenever I get weary and I've had enough, feel like giving up, you know it's you. Gabe, I love you. <laughs> Gabe, you're going to walk out of a steamy shower to Gabe, I love you? That's a selfish bastard. It's wrong. It's Babe. If you guys had started playing Gabe when he walked out for Static Age, that would have been. That would have taken the show to a whole other level. Nobody could do that. All right, I, I got guys. my song, Shower Walkout. Here it's obvious. What is it? If it wasn't going to be her strut... By Bob Seger. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> if it wasn't going to be that, it's going to be Werewolves of London. Yes, exactly. <laughs> a hairy-handed gent came down a run from Kent. I'd like to meet his tailor. <laughs> Gabe's gone. Oh, Little old lady Gabe, I love you. Late last he night. totally bailed. He's like, fuck this. <laughs> All right, let's go. You want to do a Misfit song? Oh yeah, ready? Right. Right. Right.